This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Welcome in, everybody, to Dream. Uh, I'm Chris Persianen here, as always, as Knicks Film School's draft expert. That's weird to say, um, because I don't consider myself an expert, which is why I think I'm perfect for this role, because I'm always learning. uh, And you guys are always learning with me. That's what I like to think this show is. I like to think it's not me telling you guys stuff. It's me learning things along with you all. So it's wonderful to be joined by everyone here tonight. And if you're listening afterwards, thank you for, you know, tuning in anyway, even though you you couldn't be here live. That's really cool of you. Um, Listen, I'm here to answer all types of questions today. I called GMAC very shortly after the lottery, the playback watch party we did. I said, Andrew, I know the Knicks, you know, didn't get the pick. I still think people are going to have some questions about what these teams are going to do. We are an outlet for smart Knicks fans and smart basketball fans. And that means you guys want to know about more teams than the Knicks sometimes. So it is our off season season of coverage uh, here at KFS because there is no season where there is no content. Let me tell you that. And I think that it was a great time for a dream. So it's really nice to get to have you all here along with me. I just finished up my junior year of college. Uh, I just beat reported a baseball game for the first time yesterday. Uh, sorry if you don't like the Mets and I flooded your Twitter with Mets tweets, but uh, I'm having a, a, a good couple weeks recently. I'm not going to lie. Also, um, uh, again, I'm really happy you're here with me tonight and uh, let's talk some draft. Let's send in some questions. If you want to ask about, a certain player and should, should the Knicks trade into the first round to take them or what kind of player should the Knicks trade into the first round for, or should the Knicks trade into the first round? Ask me those questions. If you want to ask about a team, that's not the Knicks, what, no matter where they are in the first round and who they should target, I'm here for it. If you want to talk about a lottery team, you want me to do a mock draft. If you want me to, whatever it is, um, I'm here for it, but I will say I will have a full mock draft coming out soon. So maybe ask about specific picks, but if you make me spoil the whole thing, I might, might uh, be running low on tweet ideas. Anyway, APJP, the man making it happen behind the scenes, um, sending questions whenever you've got them. And until then, I will talk about the lottery results that we saw. Spurs, number one, Wemby. Pretty, uh, pretty cool. I think France, cool connection with the San Antonio franchise. Lot, lot going on there. Thanks to Mr. Tony Parker. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that 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 was a cool result for them. But we'll talk about the other teams as well. Dirty Dancer, what is going on? Cool to see you in the chat. Thank you for the comment. My prediction is the Knicks trade into the late first and take pods. Brandon Posensky, who. This would be very interesting. Now, it would be 
in line with things the Knicks have done before. And by that, I mean taking a player who excelled at the NBA draft combine scrimmage um, and adding them to the Knicks. You know, Quentin Grimes had a fantastic performance at the scrimmage, quickly shot the lights out in his 103s drill. Um, and, and you just know the Knicks are watching these scrimmages. I can also tell you guys, little little sauces little sauces moment um, that Jalen Williams of Santa Clara was an absolute stud in the combine scrimmages last year. Darren Ehrman, Nick's assistant coach at the time and still is Quentin Grimes is pregame warmup guy. Um, Ehrman really liked Jalen Williams from what he saw in those scrimmages. And, you know, Tibbs is always there watching as well. I was told that Darren Ehrman and Tom Thibodeau loved Jalen Williams after those scrimmages last year. So regardless of whether someone actually gets taken or not, the Knicks are a team that pays attention to these scrimmages and they are a team that is not afraid to draft guys. You know, if the scrimmages confirm what they were thinking about them, if it's someone like Grimes. So yeah, Brandon Podzemski would be really cool for the Knicks. Um, Here's my caveat with this. If they do trade into the late first, which I do see happening, um, I don't think it would be for someone as small as pods. I do think they would want a bigger three, four or four five, whatever it is, whether it's a long-term OB replacement, a literal OB replacement (laughs) or or just um, a wing to develop off the bench. Maybe he doesn't play right away and then starts in the middle of the season, Uh, whatever it is, you know, whenever someone gets hurt, they they get in the rotation and they get to show their stuff. Um, Yeah. That's what I could see happening. Like a three, four or a four, five type of player pods. I want to say is like a one, two, three, which is cool. But um, yeah. Yeah. Underrated athlete, by the way, JD, any undrafted free agents you think the Knicks should look out for? Yeah. Good question, man. The Knicks love the UDFAs. Um, and, and it's a good question because say they don't make any trades. They're not going to have a pick. So um, I do think that this is a good starting spot. I also think it's tough to answer this um, because we don't know who will get drafted or not. And also there are a lot of guys who are supposed to get drafted and then don't because they request not to be. um, And they're trying to like get on a team of their choice. But I would say undrafted free agents, if you want to talk about like just a couple names to go out there um, and look at, Oh, what's this little Lakers starting lineup change. Okay. Uh, interesting. So basically, sorry. Anyway, I I do think that, um, guys that might not get taken, but are worth looking at for the Knicks. This is good. Cause I, I have a couple guys at the top of my head that I, you know, I like, um, I don't know about for the Knicks. Okay. Sonogo is one for sure. Uh, if you watched any Connecticut, they have uh, Adama Sonogo. If he does not get drafted or if he's projected to go like in that 55, 52, 60, or what is it? Draft goes out to 58 this year. So yeah, if he's in like the 50 to 58 and he doesn't want to get drafted, he wants to go to a team like the Knicks. Uh, I think Sonogo could be cool. Um, Dayron Holmes out of Dayton shout out to professionally loud my Dayton guy on, on Nick's Twitter. Um, 
Dayron Holmes is someone I, I, I had the pleasure of seeing play live a couple times this year. He was really good. He looked really, really good. I don't think he has the touch around the rim of someone like Rashawn Holmes, but you can't help but think if he's not a more modern version of that style of big, someone who could last a little more easily in this era. Um, I think he'd be worth an undrafted free agent flyer, like for sure to bring him to summer league in the orange and blue uh, that the, you know, the Knicks should be into that. <sighs> okay. There's no way trace Jackson Davis doesn't get drafted, but if he doesn't get drafted <laughs> or if he goes, you know, 54 or later, whatever it is, and he wants to just go somewhere, the Knicks should totally, that's a name. I'm surprised I didn't think of right. Well, you know what? Cause he's going to get, dra- he'll probably get drafted, but if he doesn't, Trace Jackson Davis. He was a Jalen Hood Shafino teammate at Indiana under coach Mike Woodson. So you would think maybe the New York Knicks could uh, find a thing or two out about Mr. Jackson Davis. Yeah, there's three names for you. Um, And I think everyone else that's popping in my head will probably get drafted. So yeah, sorry. Maybe not there yet. I've only scouted like I've only deep dived like 40 guys so far. Um, so which means I've watched like 60, which is enough for two rounds. So that would be why I might not have that many UDFAs in my head right now. Um, but yeah, I'm about to go crazy with the scouting because now I'm done with school. So um, just y'all wait. Next question. If we got one, Jesse Cook seeing headlines that Imani Bates showed out at the combine. Any thoughts on him, Chris? Jesse, what's up, man? Thanks for the question. Appreciate you watching and being here and supporting. Um, Imani Bates is a curious case. I don't think that there's ever been someone like him as a prospect ever before. And by that, I mean on a, the cover of Slam Magazine at the age of 15. And then not a first round prospect. Like I, I guess I gave it up there. I don't see him as a first round guy. Um, you know, he's a really cool, tough shot maker and that's hard, but he's not six, nine and jacked like Gigi Jackson. And I know Jackson has his own, you know, whatever issues with, with, uh, whatever concerns people have about him, you know, even like on and off the court, but um, he's so skilled that like, you kind of have to bite in the first round. Like you kind of have to type of thing. And Monty Bates just, he showed you the tough buckets, but I don't think he showed you enough of the easy ones. You want to see guys get the easy buckets and be able to hit the tough ones. I, I don't think Monty Bates at Eastern Michigan even like scored enough easy buckets for me to be like, yeah, that's a guy who's going to get the ball in the NBA and be enabled to do things with it. That's a question I was asking about Franz Wagner. Like, would he be good enough to get pick and roll touches? And I decided on yes, which is why I had him top 10, but like Imani Bates, it's not even, I'm not there. I'm not there. Um, And you know what? it stinks and it's unfair to him that he was covered the way he was. Um, but that's just, I, I think the media is like learning how to deal with the social media era and its repercussions, the, the industrial revolution and its repercussions Imani Bates. Um, but yeah, no, I just think that that was unfair 
to him. Um, but this is where we're at now. I would take a flyer on him in the late second round. No questions asked. No questions asked. He's there in the late, late second round. He's there as an undrafted free agent. Come on. Come join the team. But in the early second round, when I can get guys that probably would have a top 22 to 28 grade on my board in a draft in a draft that's weak, like next year's, I could have the 32nd pick, which would be like the 20th pick next year. And, and I could get a guy who, who fell. <clears throat> that's a reach to me. That's a reach to me. But yeah, thanks for the question, man. I hope that sufficed. Dirty Dancer is losing OB worth a late first in this draft. Cool question. Um, for any NBA, for a, <laughs> not any other NBA team, sorry. For most other NBA teams, I would say no. And the reason is because I personally am really high on OB Toppin. You, you guys hear XJ's arguments about him. I'm on Team XJ with that. I think OB Toppin is a really smart passer. Um, he's been getting more flexible. Uh, Johnny Bryant's been taking him to hot yoga. You know, uh, he's good. And it, uh, as has been discussed, it's literally today on, on the putback um, with Ian Begley on SNY, like Obi took 60% of his shots from three this year. Uh, I asked Thibodeau this season about that. Thibodeau said, yeah, that's part of our plan to, to turn him into more of a perimeter player. We think that's his future in the league. I, I don't get why you draft a guy who was a pick and roll, pick and pop. And, um, like transition and cutting monster in college and you turn him into catch and shoot. Like I don't get it. So I'm still really high on Obi. I think if he were on Sacramento or Indiana, the discourse about him would be like crazy. Like I think it would be like John Collins a couple of years ago discourse where people are like, Oh, he'll be an all-star one day. And then like smart people are like, no, he won't be. But um, like the average person would think it because he just looks so good. And I do think the Knicks have put Obi in a really tough spot. But for the New York Knicks, this is where the second part of the discussion begins, which is why you've heard me shift my tone for the New York Knicks who are going to likely continue utilizing him in the manner they did this season. I would say yes, because you needed young talent coming up the pipeline anyway. You take a look at the rookie scale deals and the way they're formatted year to year. The Knicks could use a new rookie scale deal and uh, you know Obi you get to reset the years on that you can draft a Chris Murray um, who would be able to play right away I think yeah it, it depends on what exactly you want to do but I, I do think that for the New York Knicks specifically trading Obi Toppin for a late first rounder would be a move that would look silly right away when Obi went and played great on another team but in a couple years when the Knicks go and acquire a star and then don't have to pay Toppin and quickly both I think it would work out for them um, but I'm also not ever someone who's going to sell losing a good player as a good thing I just think that because of the, the way they're going to use him because they wouldn't change their usage of him the way I would, then yeah, they should do that. So I would say, I would say yes, depending on your definition of late first, if it's like the 25th, 24th, 23rd pick. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For the New York Knicks specifically. Thanks for the question. Dirty dancer. Luke. Thank you for the super chat, man. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you see LaMelo running with Scoot making sense? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think I'm a big believer in positionless basketball. Um, I think, you know, like people are like, oh, well, who's going to be the one and who's going to be the two? Who cares? 
right? Who cares? You got an amazing high IQ passer in LaMelo Ball who reads the floor like many, not many other players do. And you got a crazy floor general athlete in Scoot Henderson. Like, how is having both of those guys going to be a bad thing? You know, I, I think that I could see it working really well, actually. I don't know if Charlotte will go there. I don't know if Charlotte will go there, um, but I, I do know that if they did, I would be in support of it. I would not say they should have taken someone else. Um, you know, they, they need to really get going. They need to get something going. It feels like if I ran Charlotte, I wouldn't extend LaMelo ball to the max deal because they're not ready for that. They're not. You, you got to move him for the hall of picks and then do your rebuild. Cause they're just, they, they wasted the first two cost controlled years of his career with these awful rosters. So I think if they want to bring in scoop, he could energize the team right away. Scoot's the kind of guy who goes to a franchise that's like not seen as super serious and helps start to turn it around from day one. Um, I don't think the culture in Charlotte, which we know is not fantastic would overrun scoots work ethic. Um, I, I know personally, and from my notes on scoot, um, one of the, one of the biggest notes is uh, all the intangibles are there. All the intangibles are there because uh, he's a, he's a worker. He's a worker. So absolutely Luke, I can see that making sense and I can see that going well for the Hornets. If that's the investment they decide to make and build their future around. Thank you again for the super chat and for the question. Much appreciated, man. Robert cross the boss. Welcome to the show. Welcome to dream. It's nice to see you, sir. Congratulations. I don't know if I ever did congratulate you on, on uh, the playoffs, making your prophecy come true. Your question. Let's get to it. This is for the only young upstart. Thank you, sir. Do you see the Knicks trading into the first round of this draft? Here's how I would answer this question. Let's go to Claudio's casino. <laughs> Let's go to Claudio's casino, right? If you gave me the Knicks to make a first round pick in the draft, no at minus 140, yes at plus 135, meaning a $100 wager would profit $135 and leave you with $235, I would advise you to take the yes bet. Because if there's going to be a hook, there's going to be a little, a little juice, a little dip on the chip, and there's a little incentive for you to make that bet, I would do it. And, and the reason is because I think We've, we're looking at about a, a 40 to 35% chance that they, that they do. Um, and the reason I say under 50 or the reason I say a low number like that is just about how much as Sean with the W always says this front office values value and they're not going to rob themselves trying to move up. Right. So if they trade into this draft, but they trade and get the 31st pick or the 32nd pick with a really competitive offer that people think was not worth it. Um, I can promise you that it's for a guy that they had with the first round grade on their board. They're basically just using a bunch of second rounders to get 
a first round pick. And and here's the rationale, Robert and everyone else listening for why I, I do kind of have this, this lean towards yes. Um, take a look at the Knicks draft capital next year. And even the year after, uh, even though yes, they traded six second round picks um, to dump the vets. They traded one second round pick to the NBA's front office <laughs> for Jalen Brunson. <laughs> um, I do think that they still have, Jeremy Cohen told me it's five picks that project to be top 40 next year and or in the next two years. The New York Knicks, they're going to make five picks. They're not going to make four picks. They're not going to make three picks in one year. <laughs> Hell, they might not even make two picks in one year here, <laughs> but definitely not five. And so if they're not even going to make three picks, I could see them taking um one of those firsts they have from next year that they think might be a really late pick or even like three of the seconds that they project to be in the 30 to 40 range and turning that into a super late first rounder or a super early second rounder. Obviously they wouldn't trade a first for a second, but I, I just think that this is the draft class to trade into the front of the second round. This is the draft class. And you know what? You should do it in the back of the first. Do it in the back of the first so you get the extra year of team control. Because I'm telling you, Robert, I've got on my big board in my top eight, uh, I've got eight guys that would go top five in any other draft. That's a spillover of three, right? But if you look at my top 14, my lottery, they are all 14 of them are guys that would go top 10 in any other draft. So that's a spillover of four. So four guys, like you're, you're looking at four talent spots um, at minimum of depth in this draft. Where like, if you're get, if you're drafting at 28, you're, it's probably the 24th pick in, in another draft. And I think it's even better than that. Cause the, the depth in that next group, if you're drafting at 32, you could get a guy that would go 24, 22, 19 in next year's draft. If they stayed another year in college, it's just, betting on them a year earlier. Um, the Knicks love those experienced college players, but I could see them taking a really young rookie in this draft because they're just going to send them to Westchester, you know? So um, whichever way it goes, this is a great question because the answer, if I had to leave it in one word would be yes. With the asterisk that it could be the early second. Thank you again for the support, Robert. Crucial RK, what is up? Thanks for the question. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Hypothetical. Portland calls the New York Knicks about Julius Randle. The Knicks get the offer. Randle for the number three pick. Would you make the trade? And if you would, who would you take? Great question. I can say that I don't... (laughs) The New York Knicks... Would they take this? Oh, they would probably try to get Grant and like add something else. I don't know. Um, but say the offer was Randall for number three. If I were the New York Knicks, I would take this and draft Cam Whitmore um, out of Villanova, adding a big, strong wing to the team. He can shoot the pill, right? He, the shot is really coming along for Cam. Um, he's six foot six. Uh, he's explosive all time type of explosive his athletic testing came in at like the 99th or whatever percent like the the percentiles are ludicrous um for both his like straight line and lateral movement so all four directions all infinite directions he can move fast um great body control around the rim not only is he super strong but you know you know how rj like is so 
bulky that he can go to the rim and just absorb the contact, stay in control and then get up the layup. Like Cam does that. And he makes the layups all the time too. No shade to RJ. Just Whitmore is so good at a young age. Um, Whitmore is also smart. He's a good cutter. Like I said, he's working on the jump shot. So he's working on being offensively versatile flaws. Yes, they exist. He needs to be a better passer. He needs to be a smarter passer. He needs to be a better playmaker for others. He needs to keep others in mind a little more often. Um, but I also think he was really empowered at Villanova to be a number one options, number one option, like really, really, really play that number one role. So he's just that kind of talent. Um, if I were the Knicks, that would be the gamble of the year. That would take Leon Rose out of any running for executive of the year. Uh, nobody would approve of that move, but I think just because of how good I think Cam Whitmore will be, I would do it. Um, also because the Knicks aren't going to win the championship next season. I don't think the trade happens this summer where they acquire the big star. So, you know, like we've said, the, the big star is the entry ticket to the conference finals. Look at the teams left. The depth is going to battle it out, right? But LeBron, Tatum, Butler, Jokic, those are your entry tickets to the late rounds of the playoffs. Uh, even the Suns, Booker, KD, they, they didn't last because they didn't have the depth, right? But like, you see, and, and I just think that um, it, it takes a village to win a championship. And I think cost control is a big thing. So I would say, I would say, uh, yeah, I think moving Randall's salary for someone as cost controlled as a number three pick would be would be smart, but that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't know if the Knicks would do it. Really don't. I think they would just redirect a number three pick for a better player than Randall and add other assets to it to get that better player. Because I can't see the Knicks moving Randall unless they get an upgrade. Unless they get an upgrade. Hey, if the Jazz said they would, what, what do the Jazz have? Let me see my notes. Jazz have the ninth pick. <laughs> if the Jazz said that they would do Randall and Toppin for Markinen and the third pick, Randall Toppin for Markinen in the ninth pick, like yeah, no third pick involved. Sorry, but like Markinen and the ninth pick for both Randall and Toppin, or like they'd probably ask for Randall and quickly, and the Knicks would negotiate. Otherwise, whatever it is, maybe you're cooking because Laurie's like as good as Julius, but maybe more playoff reliable. I really. I'm getting messy out here, guys. I'm getting messy. I'm getting messy. But thank you, Crucial RK, for the question. Let me stop rambling. Let's get on to the next one. Darren, what is up, man? Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the cue. What are the next biggest needs during the draft or free agency? I've got the same answer for both. It is a big wing. Two words. Simple. Very simple. One's an adjective. One's a noun. Big wing. Super, super, super important for this team. The New York Knicks took a bet on a big wing, Cam Reddish. It didn't pay off, so they moved on, and they got another small wing, a.k.a. a small four. Hart is really like a small four. He's like a Bruce Brown, uh, Draymond, Josh Kogi, like that vein of NBA player. But I do think the Knicks' biggest need in the offseason is a big wing. Um, that's going to be the final infinity stone of complementary pieces for when they do acquire that star down the line. Uh, Grimes, POA defense, shooting, check, check. Quickly, creation, perimeter defense, elite, check, check. Um, big wing that can shoot from the corner and that can create for others off the dribble. If he's, if the floor is already tilted, um, that's a versatile switchable defender, wrecking ball, free safety. And, and, 
And so that would be it. That would be it. I know that was a quick answer, but I think it's a simple one. Next biggest need is a big wing. Zach, feel like I know who this is. Buddy from over at the Strickland. What's up, man? Uh, great work from Zach recently. If you guys want to go check it out, a little cross promotion here for draft content. But if you guys are in this stream, you probably would want to see it. Go check out the Strickland's big board that just came out. Um, it's really good. Zach wants to know about Saidi Sissoko. I actually just started deep diving him today. Like I told you I would. I actually stuck to that. How about that, bud? Huh? All right. Saidi, six foot six, for those who don't know. Um, is he a lottery guy for you? I want to I want to err on the side of no, but right there. Um, just my notes on him for, for those who don't know anything about him at all. I think he has the potential to be like a, a really good, like a like a playoff level, like third creator in a lineup. So like the Gordon to Murray and Jokic or um, the Grant to Murray and Jokic. <laughs> um, but yeah, something like that, where there's two like stud creators at the one and two. He's technically the third best creator on the floor, but he's playing off of other guys. He He's like a do it all kind of guy. If, if his shot, it, well, his shot's coming along, but if his shot doesn't come along, he actually, that vein of guy I was just talking about, the Akogi, Hart, Draymond, like I think Sidey is in there. I think Sissoko, that's his his flavor of NBA player. Um, that guy's a cutter. He's a slasher. That guy plays hard as hell. <laughs> that, that guy plays with a jetpack up his butt, bro. Like that guy is insane. I think that he has just from what I've seen from his defensive play, everything it takes to be good in the NBA. He has the the want that the insane, the insatiable need and want to be good in the NBA. So yeah, I, I would say Saidi is a top 20 guy for me as of right now, but he might be like 21, 19. I, I don't know. It's tough. But again, that's that's a lottery caliber guy in this draft class. I would take Saidi in the lottery next year, probably, if he were there, but this year, probably a little later than that. So yeah, but yeah, good question. Thank you for it. Um, he's good. Darren wants to know what is the likely scenario for Portland at three? A trade, a trade. I you would think the pick would be. I don't think they would go Jarris Walker. Definitely not Taylor Hendricks. If they stayed at three, you would think the pick would be Brandon Miller. Um. They just drafted Shaden Sharp last year. I feel like they were trying to trade that pick. And then, like, we're like, no, guys, we totally wanted Shaden the whole time. And we just didn't get a good enough offer for the pick. Um, so, yeah, he is part of their core, but Sharp is going to be good. I don't think he's like a future star, um, but it's tough to project that, you know, just one year into his career. But uh, that's what we do he here on Draft Class and Dream is we look at, dozens of hours of film of someone's college career and try to tell people how the next 18 years of their life are going to go. So um, if I have to, I will. And I will say, I think Sharp is going to be good. I think Simons is already really good, but can be much better. A lot of low hanging fruit for him. Don't know if he wants to grab it. Um, they've got to trade that pick at three and 
they're, they're going to, they're going to get someone to play around Damian Lillard. And I think that is not a smart idea. If I, if I ran Portland, I would trade Lillard for the biggest haul I could get. I, I'd host a bidding war. Orlando, get involved. Boston, I know that I know Boston would want to get involved. I know they would. So get them involved. Um, do the Mavericks have picks in the future? Get them involved. They'll 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 do anything for anyone. Um, and and then you draft Amen Thompson at three. He's number four on my board, but I had Paulo number two on my board last year, and I said the Magic should take him over my number one prospect. I said it was really close between number one and number two. And even though I bought Chet more long term. I thought Orlando really needed to go to scoring guy. So um, if I were, if I were, you know, Portland at three, I would trade Lillard. I would take my number four prospect in Amen Thompson because they, they'll need a new primary creator. Give that guy the keys from day one. Let him learn. Let Ant Simons be his off ball guard. Let them go to work. Let's shade him be the three. <laughs> Let those guys go to work because um, I don't know if Portland wins a ring with Dame there. So, yeah, but the likely scenario would be that they trade it. That would be, what would happen? Thank you, Darren. Seventh Woods. <laughs> good, good shout. Good shout. Um, I assume you're just looking for general notes and thoughts, in which case I will give them to you. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Seventh Woods, North Carolina. Um, but he was a transfer. He played for some other schools, um, <laughs> South Carolina. Uh, and he went undrafted in the 2022 NBA draft um, 24 years old at this point. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's someone who um, I, I honestly, I don't even know what's up with him recently. Where is he at? <laughs> Do I got to like, look him up. Something happened to him. Is that why you commented that? <laughs> Hold on now. No, no, he was just a mixtape. God, um, yeah, I don't know. Seventh Woods is uh, Alonzo Trier coded. <laughs> does, does that make sense? Talented mixtape God, not an NBA guy. Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Good shout though. Yeah. Um. No, wouldn't draft him with a 2023 pick for sure though. That's uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Basically, I think that it's pretty, pretty intriguing. Um, how many guys, just how deep this class is, and and the opportunities the Knicks specifically could have late in that first round. I wanted, I wanted to pull up the list of first round picks and talk about a couple teams. I could see the Knicks trying to hit up and, and grab their first rounder. Um, I think Indiana like right away, like right away, Indiana comes to mind. Why is that? Well, they drafted number seven overall. That's really good for them, right? Good stuff. Indiana. Here's the thing though. They also drafted number 26 overall. And number 29. So 26 and 29. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot. If you're going to draft a guy at seven, 
Maybe Ant Black is who they take to compliment Tyrese Halliburton. That would be my random pick for you guys right now, unless they like Jarris Walker or Taylor Hendricks is more their style. Um, but <laughs> drafting three guys in the first round. I mean, we've talked about this here on draft class. It never works out. Houston drafted four guys in the first round. Two of them not so good so far. Memphis drafted three, four guys in the first round last year, cut two of them already. One, one, one of them, they cut Kennedy Chandler completely. I, I just don't at LaRavia, not super promising. I just don't think drafting that many rookies works out for any team. Even if they're a young team, like even if you're a young upside searching team, don't draft three rookies in one draft in the first round. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Like, why? Why would you force that upon yourself? Why would you welcome that evil into your world? Don't do that. Do not, please. Uh, uh, Rockets, Grizzlies, like, look at the recent case studies, man. It does not work. Raphael Stone, there was a tweet from like a big Rockets fan page, and it was like, Raphael Stone needs a statue um, for those four draft picks because like now the team is turned around. And I was like, two of those guys might be off of your team in soon. And um, yeah, I just think that. Oh, don't do it. All right. APJP more questions. If we've got them, let me know. Send them up. Akiva. What is up? What is up? Nice to see you on here. Um, I, I do think that. Rokas, I have watched him not a lot, but a little bit enough to comment. You guys know I don't like to comment on things I don't feel comfortable commenting on. I prefer to let you know I don't know and just shut up. Um, no, I have watched enough Rokas to comment. I would say that I would say that when it comes to in this draft, it's really tough to say that he would be a first round pick because um, this draft is really deep. Next year's draft, like if this version of Rokas right now was in next year's draft, I could see him going first round. I could see him going first round. And I think uh, last season, based on how he played, like after they took him um, in international play, he looked like a first round caliber guy. Even if he is not one in the league essentially because of how good this draft is though. My point being because of how good this draft is, uh, is it fixed now guys in the chat? It should be good. Should be good. Um, this, this draft is super deep. And so, yeah, I, I think that Rokas wouldn't go in the first round, but you know what? I'm kind of tempted. Thanks JD. Thanks Darren. Um, kind of tempted to say, top 50. Like, I don't think he would be a guy who wouldn't get taken, you know, or I don't think he would be a guy who would not, um, would not be able to rather, he wouldn't make it to the point where he's able to choose his own team. I don't think he would go undrafted. And I don't think if he got to that 52 to 58 range, I don't think that he would say to teams, you know, not to draft him. I think he just get taken. Um, Cause he's good. So I think he, I think he's ready for the point where he can go compete. I know a lot of international guys like to, they prefer to just choose their own spot. Um, 
but I don't know if he would do that at that point. I think he would be all right getting taken. I, I, you know, the Knicks needed there wasn't something there in that. Yeah. 25 to 35 dirty dancer. I don't think that's terrible. I just think with all the depth in this class, like Max Lewis would go ahead of him. Bryce Sensabaugh would go ahead of him. That's instantly Derek lively would go ahead of him. That's instantly like 20 guys automatically. Um, So I would say, I would say 40 to 50 personally. Um, But I do think he would get drafted. I do think he would get drafted top 50 um, and not have to, you know, wait until the end. So yeah, sorry for running around in circles around that one. I just uh, wanted to make sure I got it right. Um, Cause it's tough. It's tough with Rokas. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about Factor. During the spring season, you need wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, more active days and keep you on track for reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook this May? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. Going off script for this next part because I personally can't say enough how clutch Factor has been over the last two weeks. I'm talking Jalen Brunson clutch. I'm talking Allen Houston with four seconds against the Miami Heat in 1999 clutch. Whether it's a huge playoff game followed by a late night post game, I barely have time to prep and cook anything. So every time a post game has ended, I grab a factor meal from the fridge, put it right in the microwave, and in two minutes, I've got my dinner ready to go. The future Mrs. Claudio loves factor as well. With her busy schedule with meetings and writing reports all day, being just two minutes away from a healthy, well-cooked, pre-prepared meal is so convenient. This May, get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's code filmschool50 at factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. What's up, Knicks fans? Super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. 
Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Jesse, uh, yeah, Jairus, the thing with Jairus is that he, he he's not a star. He's a rookie. If he becomes a star, that's I'd be really happy because I love Jairus Walker. But the New York Knicks aren't going to trade Randall unless there's an upgrade. And if you're talking about me saying I would take Whitmore at three. Yeah, I have Whitmore higher on my board than Walker. I think he has uh, more reliable and more easily projectable access to game breaking types of tools and athleticism. Um, I, I, I reposted it on my Twitter, but I can go find it and retweet it for you guys. Uh, Whitmore's athletic testing was just off the charts. Uh, and yeah, Jarris Grant, Jarris, well, Jarris Grant, that's, <laughs> you can guess where I'm going with this sentence. Um, I agree with Dirty Dancer that Jarris Walker is more of like a Jeremy Grant plus type of bet that he is an instant star, which is no indictment on him. Jeremy Grant plus sounds like a freaking all-star, right? But Knicks would want uh Knicks would want some instant impact. Um so yeah. JP, let's see the next question. Uh oh what up mixed sports you say no big star but the Knicks have to get that big player soon because of the CBA that's going to hit next summer I think the Knicks will get the big player next summer in 2024's offseason or then in the 2025 offseason if not 2024 if by the end of the 2025 offseason they still have not made the big swing then that'll just happen at that year's trade deadline that's what they'll do. I think they just rather do it over the offseason and get to build the roster from day one, though. So that's why I would say 2024 or 2025 offseason, some big time player will be acquired by the Knicks. Jeremy would know better than me, though. But uh, yeah, that, that would be my bet. Darren, what do you think the Knicks should do with Evan? Good question. <laughs> Trade him. Um you know, if you can just get a team to absorb the rest of his deal, um, go ahead and, and just do that. Uh, he's basically an expiring because of the team option. So, yeah, it's basically an expiring. Why not? Why wouldn't you want one year of Evan Fournier for basically free? All you have to do is pay him $20 million. Yeah, <laughs> basically, they, they, I think they should try and move him. I don't think they should look to get much back. If not, then move him as part of a bigger package. Like if you're going to acquire someone that makes 23, 25 million a year and you're going to trade Quentin Grimes or Obi Toppin to do it, trade 48 and Toppin because um, you have the salary. You have the you have the room to do it. But remember, they have to resign Hart. Buzzer beater with the Q. What's up? If we get the big wing, what happens to RJ? I think the big wing would come off the bench to start things off regardless. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I can see Barrett being here long term um, just because of the, the style of play he has. The Knicks like guys that are really good at certain things and Barrett's pretty good at everything. Um, but I think the Knicks prefer the, the talent specialized than overall in general. Um, 
to that effect. I think it's why Randall does not get traded this offseason because at the end of the day, he gave them a star caliber season in the regular season, all NBA caliber season as he was selected, third team all NBA, second time in his career, he made an all NBA team as a Nick. And so, you know, I think like Randall will be the salary in the big star trade. RJ will probably be moved if not this summer, then the next summer um, for assets or for uh, a win now player that fills a need, maybe the big wing himself, maybe RJ gets moved for the big wing, whatever it is. Um, regardless of the, the, the big wing or not, uh, I don't see RJ being too long for this New York team because they've so consistently targeted pull up shooting. Now I do think that Barrett should remain a Nick. I think if the Knicks were smart, they would keep him. And I do think they are smart. I don't mean to imply that they're not, but I think it would be one of the very few mistakes Leon Rose has made in his tenure. If he did move off of RJ Barrett when he was just 22 years old or even 23 next year. Thanks for the question, though, buzzer beater. Madrak 2002. Ah, the athletic trade. Um, would you trade RJ Fournier and the Knicks 2024 first rounder? Oh, Detroit's? Yeah, Detroit's first rounder back for the Pistons 2023 first rounder, the fifth overall pick. James Wiseman and Bojan Bogdanovich. Well, I'll say right away that if I were to do that trade, I would trade Wiseman instantly. Literally, whoever would give up three second-round picks for him, sold. Um, Bogdanovich? Well, you know, the Knicks, the Gobert-Mitchell Jazz, pretty seamless fit. Um, I think Bogdanovich would fit really well with Brunson and Randall. I think the defense would be an issue, but I don't think Barrett was a stud defender. So um, if they wanted to start Brunson quickly grimes, Randall Robinson and have Bogdanovich be the sixth man, the bench gunner that could work. That could be fun. But in terms of how they get to those assets, to get that number five overall pick for RJ Barrett. And yeah, that would be, that would be decent value. I don't think that's a bad trade for the Knicks at all. I I just, I do think that that's not what this, the direction this team is going in right now. And I'm not sure Detroit would ever offer that deal. And I'm not sure New York, New York would honestly probably take it if they got it. That's a really great thought exercise. Um, but yeah, me personally, depends on who's on the board. All right. So if Brandon Miller was a top four pick, I would do it. Reason being that top tier for me in this year's draft is obviously when Banyama and then a tier under him is Scoot Henderson. Cam Whitmore, Amen Thompson. I think Scoot is the best prospect of the three, but I don't have him a tier above the rest like I do with Wenbanyama. And so I've seen some people be like Wenbanyama, full tier, Scoot, half tier, the rest of the guys that they have, like Miller. And I'm like, yeah. I think Scoot's just in that second tier. He's the top of it, but he's in it. And if those two go one and two, or if uh, Wembenyama and Miller go one and two, and then uh, Henderson goes three, then both Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore like would still be there, right? So, um, 
at one of them would be there at five. So I, it really depends on who's there. If the the first five picks in the draft are something like when Manyama, Henderson, Amon Thompson, Whitmore, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I would do it for Thompson or Whitmore at that number five spot. So you would need Brandon Miller to get taken top four. Thanks for the question though. Good thought exercise. I, I thought that was a good article. Um, thanks for bringing it here. Menno F what's up, Chris. Do you think, well, what's up, yo? First of all, thanks for, thanks for tuning in and thanks for bringing some energy to your comment. How you doing? I hope everything's good with you and yours. Um, appreciate the support. Do you think Taylor Hendricks is untapped shot creation potential or is he mostly just a spot up guy? Um, that's a great question. Cause to me, <laughs> that's like the Taylor Hendricks question. I think his whole draft stock lies on the answer to that question right there. If he ha- had a lot of untapped shot creation potential that people really bought, then he should, with no doubt, be a top five pick in this year's draft. I'll say it again. If Taylor Hendricks has a lot of untapped shot creation potential, then given the rest of his game, he should be a top five pick in the 2023 NBA draft. And the reason is because when you look at the defense, the potential, how raw he is and how good he is already, like, He's cooking. He's cooking. And he's a guy who I think can can be taught to be really good. But let's see. Where did I have him on my most recent board? I had him at number nine. Why did I have him at number nine? Because I'm not there on the shot creation potential. I'm not there on the, the super big upside with him. So I've got him at number nine on my board. And frankly, I have him tied with the player at number 10, who is Keontae George from Baylor. I would go Hendricks over George if I had to pick one, um, both for the Knicks and like in general. But if you needed a guard and you went George over Hendricks, I don't think that's a crime. And the reason for that is, is because I don't think Hendricks is, is really, really there in terms of the, the he's a multi-positional defender, but um, yeah, I don't know about shot creation upside or creation upside. Um, even for others, like he showed it. Right. But I'm not super sure that it's, it's there. And, and, you're you're drafting him because he's a good shooter because he's versatile on both ends of the floor because he's a good weak side rim protector you're drafting him because he can guard fours and fives but he can also guard the point of attack <laughs> you're you're drafting him because he projects to be a really crazy nba player um that can do all the little things at a really really high level but you're not drafting him to go out there and do things with the ball in his hands that would be a cherry on top if it happens. Um, so here's my answer to your question. Yes, he has untapped shot creation potential. No, I don't see it realizing itself to the extent where he would have been worth a top four or five pick long term. So I don't have him top four or five in this draft. But if in his rookie year, he starts showing some of it already at the NBA level, I won't be afraid to be like, oh, OK, I was wrong. He actually is a top seven, six, whatever caliber guy like right away. So it depends. We'll see. Thanks to everyone for the great questions today. You guys are killing it. These are the best 
these are the best questions I've gotten all dream season. Um, I, I love y'all. Uh-oh, super chat from Robert Cross. Thank you for the support again, sir. Much appreciated from the young upstart, but also from the broke college student. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Can we ship Kevin Danishevsky? <laughs> I really do have to read this for our listeners who are watching the video. So let's see if I can get through it. <laughs> without dying (laughs) can we ship Kevin Danishevsky to the Brooklyn fan community for a future third rounder (laughs) you are the best man (laughs) oh my god all right for those who don't know Sean with a W and I co-host a spaces for KFS and it's called KFS study hall. It's your place to come hang out, get your work done, have some coffee, uh, sit with your dog, sit with your cat, sit with your kids, sit with your older brother, your parents, whatever it is. You say, Hey, you're hanging out and just listening to Sean and I talk basketball. You come up on stage, you talk with us and Robert cross loves KFS study hall. So he's always there, but Kevin Danishevsky also loves KFS study hall. So he is always there. And Kevin, we love Kevin at KFS Study Hall. Why? Because KFS Study Hall is all about the listeners and all about the contributors. That's literally why we do the show. Like Sean and I are very aware that we could call each other for an hour a week and have a phone call where we talk Knicks. That's what a lot of these spaces out there are. It's people having a phone call where they talk Knicks. Like that's not what we do at all. We want to, it's, it's literally about involving the callers. So Kevin is always calling up on stage. He's always dropping hot takes. He's always going off the ledge. He's always taking it too far. And we love him for it because he knows it and he knows how passionate he is. And he knows that it's because of his passion. Um, Brooklyn is fresh out of third rounders, Robert, because they just got docked of all of them for saying that the Knicks didn't air the Jeremy Lin 38 at the garden documentary. So sorry, trade is a no can do. Uh, Joe Sai said he was airing 38 at the garden at Barclays because the Knicks refused to air it. A couple media people reached out to him. were like, Hey, the Knicks aired this movie for a week straight. Um, do you re- care to respond? And he was like, no, <laughs> So they got docked of all their third round picks. Sorry, Robert Brooklyn, no third round picks left. Got to keep Kevin over here on Manhattan Island, orange and blue, the tropical Island of Manhattan. Yes, sir. Um, Yeah. You're stuck with Kevin for now, Robert, but thank you for the super chats today, man. You're crazy. We love you. And Kevin, we love you too. Darren Hood, Chris, Nick's brass met with Andre Jackson of UConn at the combine. Any thoughts on him? Um, yeah, I do have thoughts on him and they're positive. Uh, that is someone who Nick's feed. He's a draft contributor for the Strickland. He really likes. So I want to shout him out, Justin. Um, he's probably not listening to this, but that's all right. Give Nick's feed a shout out. And uh, I just think that this kid has some potential. I don't think he's someone who like starts for a playoff team long-term, but that can't be the bar, right? That can't be the bar. Um, He's pretty cool. Let me give some, like, let me do like a little bio for our listeners. Um, 
just so that people who don't know about him can know about him. Andre Jackson Jr. is a six foot six, pretty much in the NBA, I would say two, three, two, three. Um, and he went to Yukon, uh, born a couple months after me in 2002. So that's kind of weird to think about. Um, but yeah, definitely just, a, 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 I guess he's a two guard, but like calling him a raw two guard feels weird in a, in a league like the NBA where in a small ball lineup, he could play the three, whatever. Anyway, um, this kid's a teammate, you know, this kid's a teammate. That's, that's one of my positive thoughts on him is he's always supporting his teammates. He's always on social media, um, posting about his teammates and their accomplishments. I think, I think that's admirable. Um, I think it shows that, that he, he has what it takes to, not just be about himself. Um, and that's a big thing with prospects. I also just think his game is nice. Like he very much seems like someone the Knicks would want to meet up with. You know, you think about the guys they've drafted um, and he fits the bill. So would they trade into the late first for him? Not sure. I could say that I see that guy being who they trade into the late first for, but maybe this clip ages like milk, Uh, but the early second, the 35th pick the 40th pick even. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If it's like the 29th pick. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll get it. But I also just think they've got enough six, six guys at this point with, with Grimes and heart and quickly and, and, um, RJ, I would say that, they probably don't first round him. Um, but if another team does, they wouldn't like want to trade and jump ahead of them. You know, they'd just be like, Oh, okay. We lost out on him, but yeah, no, there, there's clearly interest there. Um, which is cool. Those are my, those are my thoughts. Um, I watched Rokas cause he played with James Naji. Yep. 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 <laughs> he isn't exciting, but we need his shooting. Yeah. Listen, I would say, I would say if the Knicks just just <sighs> quickly has got to keep getting better and Grimes has got to keep getting better and get the ball in his hands and get to get to take shots. And I think the Knicks shooting is close to being somewhere. That's a good spot. Um, if RJ goes this offseason, they would bring in someone who could make open shots from the corner. If it's OG Ananobi, wh- whoever it is. Um, I feel like I could see OG Ananobi going to like Sacramento. No. So we'll see. Maybe Portland. Yeah, I'm going to say Sacramento or Portland for Ananobi. You can write that down, go bet on it, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, nah, Rogas isn't traditionally exciting, but I think if you're a basketball fan, he's exciting. I think he's fun. I think he's crafty. He's smart making plays. He's a little overzealous making plays a lot of the time. He's not someone I would say is overly safe. I kind of like that. Um, it's interesting evaluating guys in, in the different international play context. Uh, but, but I've watched some Rokas, like I said earlier, and he's cool. Um, not going to say I'm an expert on his full season of play, but uh, yeah, I think, I think that, um, man, I, I think the Knicks saying they need him. I don't know. Could they use him? Yes. I don't think they need him. But that's me being weird about semantics. Dirty Dancer, I really appreciate you uh, supporting the stream and, and and commenting. Like it means a lot. Thank you. 
APJP. The signing of Isaiah Roby. I'm just going to fill in the blank because the sentence got cut off in the middle. The signing of Isaiah Roby made me think that the Knicks were not going to try and trade into the first round. Do you think, and that's where the question cut off, but I'm cuts off, but I'm going to assume they were going to say, do you think the Knicks will trade into the first round anyway? Um, I'll start this off by saying that the Knicks view two way spots and things like that, like lottery tickets. Um, they're going to sign those guys to those spots, knowing they're never going to play in the actual, like on the actual NBA team. Um, oh, Okay, I filled in the blank wrong. <laughs> Thanks, APJP. Do you see any link between the two? No. Okay, so that was what I was going to answer first anyway. Cool. Awesome. I guessed right. Kind of still. Uh, what I was going to say was, no, I don't see any link between the two because the Knicks use those spots like lottery tickets. Sometimes they'll get a guy who's not good enough to be on the main team, but they kind of realized that with Westchester and then stay to be like a star in Westchester. Um, there are also guys who, you know, maybe of an agent relationship, they want to get them paid, whatever it is. I, I, I do think that um, those spots are just kind of like business spots for the Knicks, uh, which I think is really smart. If your coach is never going to use that much of the depth where like, your third stringers are are already depth because they never play. Um, then why not use those roster spots like that? You know, I I think maybe if the team makes a center trade like mid season, then they would need to play Roby. But I don't I don't know if I see that happening either. Um, so yeah, I I can't say that I would project anything like Roby playing. But will we see him in the summer league this summer? Probably. I would think so. Um, and I would think that he will look all right. All right. But thanks for the question, Patrick. Appreciate you. Um, and I appreciate you asking, you know, fixing the typo. Thank you, man. Jason, what's up, man? Good to see you. After the top 40, this draft completely falls off. There aren't many good sophomores and juniors. There are some good players, but they're older, like 23, 24 years old. Sure, Jason, but the top 40 never goes one through 40, do they? <laughs> the top 40 never goes one through 40, man. So um, I think this draft has 40 guys that are good prospects. Sure, there are going to be three of them left by the time there's it's the 57th pick. You know, so whatever it is, um, I would say that they, there will be, how do I word this carefully? <laughs> there will be like five guys who I think are absolutely worth second round picks that go undrafted. <laughs> Also, there are two fewer picks than usual in this draft. So that means there's automatically going to be two guys that should have been drafted. Yeah. Like I think five guys is fair to say. I think there's going to be at least five UDFAs that I think should have been drafted over guys that did get picked. And then maybe like five more that should have been drafted, but I understand why they weren't. Um, I do agree with you, Jason, that like the strength of this class is not in the amount of late second rounder guys that it has, but guys are going to fall and guys that you have in your top 28 are going to be there at 50 happens to me every year, man <laughs> happens to me every year, unless you play your board safe, in which case respect, but I like to play my boards risky. I like to, I like to really bite for my guys and um, be high on them. Right. And I just think that 
that's not always reality. So yeah, I would say, I would say, I think there will still be guys after 40, but I do get your point and I, and I like where you're coming from. APJP, if we've got another question or two, I'll rapid fire through them, send them up, but I know there's a playoff game on right now. And, um, I wanted to wrap this up soon so y'all can get to that. Uh, Jason M, another question. What is up, man? Ben Shepard, AKA Grimes 2.0. Uh oh, just killed it um, in the combine, just like Grimes did. Thoughts? Yeah, Ben Shepard, uh, I think it's kind of funny because if you squint, you, like, I don't, maybe it's just the the hair but like I, he kind of looks a little like qg i want to say like a like if you, you gotta you gotta look like for 0.5 seconds and then look away but like <laughs> if they were both out there on the wing that'd be kind of funny um he's six foot six he's from atlanta went to belmont senior and he balled out at, at this season 19 points a game 5.2 rebounds and about three assists just looked that up so that i would not remember that incorrectly because i would have said two I would have said 1.9 assists anyway. Um, yeah, basically he's good. And I think four year guys that are just good are always underrated. Um, he's someone who, if he goes undrafted, I will be sitting there going, Jason Meredith just telling me about Ben Shepard. He should have gotten taken in the second. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that he's, a, I think he's a fine bet uh, as a late second rounder, just because if you're, if you want to be good, you need players that can be good right away. So if you're a team like Milwaukee, um, I want to say, I don't like the Denver fit. Maybe Boston, especially if they move off Brown, some depth at that position. Um, let me throw one more out for you, Jason. Let me try to think of one more team, the Clippers depth for the Clippers. Uh, I think those are some spots that I would like for him. Um, I don't think I'd like a spot like Dallas. I don't think I would like a spot like Denver for him, but yeah, he's cool. Um, if you want, I can deep dive him and give you some real notes, but he's not on my 60 man shortlist, which I feel like is understandable. So yeah, but all right. Any more APJP? If not, Oh, here it is. Who is the most surprising player you have a first round grade on? Uh... Okay. Saidi Sissoko doesn't count anymore because now he's like the hipster, cool, everyone loves him guy. Um... I want to say Noah Clowney has fallen out of a lot of people's top 30. Like people are falling out of love with him. He's not a new shiny toy anymore. They like all these guys like Podizemski and I, I, I've still got a first round grade on Noah Clowney. I would take him top 30 a team like the Clippers, a team like the trailblazers. I, I think there are some good bets um, out there. And I think Clowney's one of them in that range. So yeah, middle at like 25 even for him. Um, most surprising player I have a first round grade on as in not even just, I would definitely take them in the first round, but I have a first round grade on them. I'm very close to saying trace Jackson Davis, but I don't know if I'm there with him. I don't. And so I will not lie and tell you that I am, but I will evaluate further. <laughs> All right. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The man himself, Sean, with a W, is in the house. 
everybody. Go follow Sean with the W on Twitter if you don't already. That is one of our casual Fridayers, one of my fellow study haulers, and overall, a really nice guy. Go go support Sean. Sean with the super chat. Would Charlotte taking Miller be the definition of cute? Yes, Sean. Yes, it would. It would be them overthinking the fit between Henderson and Ball because there's no way. And I was super all the discussions during this past like college and G League season of, oh, do you take Miller or Scoot number two? I always thought that was blasphemy. You know, I, I have Miller like seven or six on my board. He's really good. He's really cool. He's 20 years old. Um, draft him early. Draft him top 10 and no later. Draft him top eight and no later. But if you told me that when Benyama, Henderson, Whitmore, both Thompson twins, Cason Wallace and Taylor Hendricks and Jairus Walker all had better careers than him. And he had the ninth best career of the draft class. That makes him a really great player. That means you passed on seven of those guys <laughs> for him. So it's like... I just, I just can't, I can't even support that. I can't even fake support it. Um, if he starts playing well there, it's going to be awesome. And then like him and LaMelo will be good and fun. And then it'll be like uh, no defense being played like by anyone ever at all. Mark Williams is going to be there in the paint, like passing out every play, trying to help on everyone. I just think that unless they keep PJ Washington around or with trade for so on, whatever, like they're going to need help if they have ball and Miller, I think ball and Henderson. And then you go get a big wing, go get a big couple, three, four. Oh, you're cooking. You're sizzling. Right. But I, I think Miller over Henderson is like, yeah, the definition of cute. <laughs> Perfectly said, man. APJP, anything else before we wrap up? Nope, that's it for KP. So that being said, I really want to thank everyone who came out today. If you didn't comment and you just viewed, um, hi, <laughs> thanks for coming today. Uh, if you did leave a comment, if you did leave a question, especially if you left a super chat to fund tomorrow morning's noon coffee run, because um, my sleep schedule is all sorts of messed up. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Um, and, and thanks for just being, thanks for being part of what I'm really proud to call like the best community out there. I know that's biased. Um, I'm sure there's some wonderful community of people that like, they just ab adopt kittens and save their lives and house them. Like they're better people than us. Sure. Right. But in my book, you guys are the best group of people I know. And, and I'm so proud to associate with you all. And I'm so proud to be able to say like, yeah, that's my Twitter buddy. And oh, we talk on Twitter spaces and how oh, they're always in the YouTube. Like, I feel like I got a whole bunch of friends out there that, that just care about a lot of the same stuff as me. And I'm, I'm really grateful for you guys. So really seriously, thank you to everyone who comes out. I, I love to note it every show because if, you know, you never know if there's new people every show or whatever it is, but um I love y'all. So thank you guys. You're the best. APJP behind the scenes. Thank you, brother, for everything you do to help this stream go so smooth. I hope everyone has a great night. Go enjoy some NBA playoffs action. We're in the Western Conference Finals, baby. See y'all soon.